Travel Tidbits podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. Thank you for joining us today. This is Samantha Harris, travel agent with Pineapple Escapes. Joining me today is one of my favorite co-hosts, my son, Matthew. Matthew and I have recorded a couple of different episodes together. However, this one is a little bit different. First of all, this is our first full-length episode together, and this is the first one that we've recorded in separate locations. That's because we moved Matthew to college yesterday. Um, If you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you know that recently Matthew and I went on a trip to celebrate his high school graduation right before we moved him off to school. Matthew, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about where we went and what led us to this destination? So uh, we decided to go to Italy and spend most of our time in Rome. We did a few other day trips, like to uh, Pompeii and Mount Vesuvius, and even a day trip and hit Pisa and Florence all in one trip. But we decided to go there for a few different reasons. Um, One is she wanted to take me to Europe just so I can get out of the U.S. and see what the other parts of the world has to offer. And I kind of chose the Rome area just because of my fascination with um, ancient Roman and Greek mythology and just the architecture and the uh, history, like even up into the World War era and everything. So it was just a lot of fun to be able to get to see everything over there. It was a great time. Um, I will caution that this heat wave that has hit the United States has also hit Europe. And there were days that it was 104 degrees. So unfortunately, we were not able to enjoy our days as much as we would have liked to. But we trekked on and made the best of it. And we had a great time and made lots of memories together. So first day, we arrived about 7.30 in the morning. There's kind of different trains of thoughts with the jet lag, whether you want to arrive in the morning or in the evening. I like to arrive early in the morning and just try to make yourself keep going. And that way you will rest pretty well that evening. Um, It is a seven-hour time difference from the United States, from Central Time Zone to Rome. So we arrived at 7.30 in the morning. So that's 12.30 at night here and we were we slept a little bit on the plane but we were a little bit exhausted typically um jet lag doesn't get me too much the 104 degree temperature and walking 10 miles that day on the jet lag was a little bit much i think i'm a little bit old for those kind of days matthew handled it a lot better than i did so we got there and we checked in our hotel Our room was not ready, but they held our luggage in a closet and we set out. So, Matthew, what did we do on day one? Like you said, when we first got there, we checked in. We put in to the GPS to go see the Spanish Steps. And we're just walking through the piazza and we're like, I wonder what that building is. And lo and behold, it's the Pantheon. You don't even realize all the stuff that they have there just because they took modern buildings and built around all of the older architecture whereas here in america we would have demolished it and just kind of put some sort of memorial plaque there on the new building so it was really cool to see how they just tied old architecture in with everything else because it was 
originally a Roman mythology temple that got converted into a Catholic church. But once we went in there and walked around for a few minutes, we headed over to the Spanish Steps. We made the climb. I tried to count and lost count about halfway through because even though I'm much younger than my mother, I was out of breath and out of shape and could not feel my hamstrings. <laughs> but the view at the top is 100% worth it. And I mean, when in Rome, you've got to do what you do. After that, we headed over to, I believe, did we go to the Trevi Fountain after that? Or did we do that later on in the day? Uh, I think we did the Trevi Fountain then. The Trevi Fountain was beautiful. If you know anything about Rome, it's like one of the, it's just like the Spanish Steps or the Colosseum. You have to go. And it was beautiful. It's, it was huge. The sculpting of all the statues inside of the fountain, would, it was just crazy. It's beautiful to see. And they, uh, and the crowds, that's one of the only things that I wasn't a fan of is just where COVID has finally released us. Everyone's traveling again and the crowds were insane. And this was only with one third of Rome's population because they were also on their vacations. But the Trinity Fountain is a must see. And we even did that on the last night at nighttime just because we were told you have to go because it's just that much more magical. Like all the lights on. After we left there, we kind of roamed around for a few minutes and headed over to the Roman Forum and Palatine Hill, along with the Colosseum, because we had booked tickets to see all three things at the same time. At the Roman Forum, there's a couple of different buildings, um, old ruins, and the coolest thing, in my opinion, was getting to see the site where Julius Caesar was cremated after he was stabbed quite literally in the back by his um, 23 Senate members in one of the biggest act of betrayal ever. And that was the coolest thing to me, actually in Roman form and Palatine Hill, except for a few of the, um, the statues and sculptures and things that other emperors and priests have had sculpted there throughout the years. Now, one of the things that Matthew is really counting on that, you know, one of the driving forces in our trip to Rome was the Colosseum. So Matthew, did it live up to its hype? What did you think of the Colosseum? The Colosseum was amazing. I've got to be honest, it didn't live up to what I thought it would be, but I still extremely grateful and so glad that I was able to have the experience. To me, what was so overwhelming was our taxi ride to our hotel, all of a sudden we're, like, we're seeing all these roads and all these buildings and our taxi drive driver pointed out the um, the balcony that Mussolini delivered his iconic World War II speech to the people of Italy. And then he's like, if you look around that corner, you see the Colosseum. And I knew it was big, but I wasn't expecting like a football stadium sized, especially for that day and age and how long it's been standing. It was massive. And I mean, just the architectural integrity of the thing would be hard to replicate with today's technology and tools that we have. And I'm not sure how they did it then. But the inside was a little bit of a letdown just because you couldn't see much. You got to walk around, see the floor a little bit. That was about all you could do in there. So we did schedule a um, nighttime tour that would have let you go underground and see more. 
But unfortunately, there was an issue with the scheduling and they canceled our tour on that. One thing to keep in mind is it doesn't matter if you are going on your own or you're going with a travel agent. Obviously, Matthew had, you know, quite an amazing travel agent at his disposal and things still happen. And you, (laughs) but things still happen and you, you know, there's things that are outside of our control and you can let it break your vacation or you can just learn to roll with it. And if you're going to take any type of trip, um, especially one of this magnitude, my advice is to have to, to learn how to just roll with the things that happen sometimes that are out of your control because there's going to be flight delays that happened to us as well. And we came home 24 hours later than we had planned. Again, there's things that's out of our controls. There's flight delays, there's cancellations, there's tours that are overbooked, there's weather and COVID. Let's not forget that we're still in the midst of COVID, even though restrictions have been released one of our cooking classes got changed around to a different class because the chef came down with COVID the day before our class. So you you have to learn, you can let these things ruin your vacation or you could have a great time And regardless. And so that's what another lesson that hopefully I was able to teach Matthew on this trip. You know, he thinks we had fun and mom was teaching him lots of life lessons along the way. But one of them is that sometimes you just don't have control of things and there's nothing you can do about it. And that was one of those things is our tour of the underground, the nighttime tour of the Coliseum was canceled. But that's okay. We saw the Coliseum. And again, like Matthew said, he didn't get to do everything in there that he wanted to do. So he walked away with a little bit of disappointment. But big picture is he wanted to go see the Coliseum and he got to see the Coliseum. And all in all, I think it was an amazing thing to see. And I highly recommend seeing it, whether you pay for the tour and see it from the outside or whether you or see it from the inside or whether you just see it from the outside. I think it is a sight that everybody should see if given the opportunity. Favorite thing on day one, Matthew? On day one, it had to be the nap right after the Coliseum that we took, right before we went to the only restaurant in Italy that has fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the nap. The nap. Again, it was, that jet lag. Was, the jet lag hit us, and it was a very well-deserved nap, if you ask me. <laughs> well, the jet lag, it, it hits you like a ton of bricks, and all of a sudden, it's like, I need a shower and a nap, and then we could go enjoy dinner. So day two, we didn't see quite as much. We didn't cover as much ground, but day two, we went to the Vatican City, and we started with a tour of the Vatican Museum. I highly recommend tour versus going to see it on your own because there is so much information And depending on what type of museum person you are, if I'm not pointing out the things to look at, I'm going to just keep on walking. And I'm going to miss so much because I don't have somebody going, hey, come here. And here's the importance of this piece. Um, Because they tell you the stories that are not always on the little placards that are next to the paintings or the sculptures. So we did do a tour of the Vatican Museum, which ended with a trip to the Sistine Chapel. The Sistine Chapel is absolutely everything that you dream that it will be. Unfortunately, you're not allowed to take videos or photographs in there to 
maintain the integrity, you're not allowed to video or take pictures. So I don't have any pictures of the Sistine Chapel. Um, I wish that I did. The Sistine Chapel was amazing. It was breathtaking. I mean, you literally walk into the chapel and it literally took my breath away. Matthew, what are your thoughts on the Vatican Museum and this chapel? I just want to preface this with day two, the Vatican Museum, Sistine Chapel, was as a tourist, from the tourist airport was probably by far my favorite day. Also, coincidentally, it had the most air conditioning out of any of the days we did. But <laughs> it was, uh, like, like you said, it was beautiful. You got to see all the pieces, um, tapestries and everything, all the little stories about everything. And if you didn't know, the Sistine, or the, I'm sorry, the um, Vatican Museums was originally the, the Pope's home. So it was a personal museum of all the artwork and ancient Roman and even some ancient Greek sculptures that the Pope had created over the years until one finally opened it up to the public so many years ago. But the Sistine Chapel, of course, I've always wanted to see the, the painting of the creation of David or the creation of Adam that Michelangelo did on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And being able to actually see that in person finally was amazing. And to top it all off, while we were there, I was able to get a personal blessing from a Catholic priest in the Sistine Chapel. And this top 10 from a spiritual standpoint was a top 10 moment ever. It was. They had a priest inside there who was, um, you could get prayers for blessings or um, ailments, or he was also there for confession. And so he prayed a blessing over Matthew for wisdom and guidance going to college and for mom to be able to to deal with that. And hopefully, you know, we have a little bit of help for both of us to get through the next few years. But it was, we walked away and Matthew looked at me and said, are you okay? And I was, I was literally standing in the Sistine Chapel crying because it was just such an overwhelming moment. Whether you're you know, wherever you fall on your religious spectrum, it was a very overwhelming moment to be in the presence of a Catholic priest inside the Sistine Chapel in Rome. When you just, the big picture of it was was very moving. After we left the Sistine Chapel, we went to St. Peter's Basilica. And very much like the Sistine Chapel, it was breathtaking. And it's overwhelming also knowing that the Apostle Peter was crucified there, his tomb is there. If you go down to where the tombs are and you see his tomb, it literally it literally will give you chills knowing that you are in the presence of somebody remains or tomb who was in the presence of Jesus. And this massive amount of biblical history that we encountered was more than I anticipated. I will go on the record and say that my my history knowledge is not all that it probably should be. And I was not aware of how much biblical history was in Rome. Day three was Matthew's day. Day three was the things um, he planned. We planned a, a private bus ride to Pompeii and to Mount Vesuvius. I will let Matthew talk about this one because that was kind of his, I mean, you know, on his wish list of things to do. And a Again, it was 104 degrees, so mom didn't have as big of a time. It was a little rough that day. It was rough. 
especially at Pompeii, there was no buildings that you could find shade or actually find a little bit of air conditioning in because it was an old city that had been destroyed. Again, just kind of like the Coliseum, it was a little underwhelming compared to what I thought it would be. But if you're in the area, I do recommend you go because just that experience, you're not going to be able to get again. Like she said, we did do this with a tour. We both, after leaving, felt like this one was one that you could do without a tour um, just because there wasn't uh, terribly much to see aside just from some of the ruins, the buildings, and being able to go into the square area. It had some old statues and things that had been that had still been there. And there's even two modern statues that someone that uh, someone had been told to make for the for the ruins about five ten years ago to just kind of show the magnitude of what happened. But after we left there, there was a meal included with our tour. I got pizza and you got spaghetti, right? Because you know you're in Italy, so you mm-hmm. gotta hit cover all your bases and. We left there and we went to climb Mount Vesuvius. And we left out on day two. I, being clumsy, somehow messed up my knee by stepping off the sidewalk the wrong way. And my mom's old. So neither one of us could quite make it up this volcano. We eventually made it up the top. And we got back to our bus with about five minutes to spare before they left without us. So if you're not you know, old or physically unable to walk, I highly recommend you you climb it because the views from the top are breathtaking. And when are you going to get to say that you climbed an active volcano? Like it was amazing. So again, I think this is a a day where weather played a part in our perception. Had it been a nice, cool 75 degrees, we would have enjoyed Pompeii and Mount Vesuvius more, but because it was so hot, you know, with a, 104 heat index and a UV index of nine and no shade and no air conditioning. And the two hour tour that we spent in Pompeii, I was done in the first hour. I was ready to leave. I was hot. I was miserable. And, you know, I think this is one of those cases where a tour guide can make or break your perception too. Matthew and I both agreed after this one that we would have enjoyed it more just walking around at our own pace and being able to leave when we were done instead of spending an extra hour in the heat listening to somebody talk about the history of brick and mortar and concrete. (laughs) And so again, I I think that's going to be different depending on your tour guide and your weather and your level of interest. It was a nice thing to see. I would recommend going there and, you know, depending on how much time you want to spend there on whether or not you take a guided tour through Pompeii or just pay your admission and walk through it on your own. Mount Vesuvius had some wonderful views. Walking up that terrain on, it was kind of a loose gravel. It was kind of like running in, in sand and it did make it a little bit more difficult. But I will say I am, you know, over 40 years old and I'm not in shape. And if if I could do this, I, I think most people could probably make that trek. Um, the key would be not being so hot and taking the time to rest. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't have the time to rest because we were on a schedule with our tour. Yeah. And um, just to day prove that anybody four, can do it. Yeah. Go ahead. We had a, in our group, there was some older women that was with us. And they had actually made it all the way to the top, took in all their pictures, and were halfway down before we were halfway up. 
So that's your uh, what kind of shape you're able to help play into that. But it does say that anybody can do it if they really want to. I feel like there was some shade in in that statement there. <laughs> A little I mean, bit of slightly, shade, but it's 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 directed <laughs> at both of us, though. <laughs> Day four was one of my my favorite things. So we did end up going back to St. Peter's Basilica because we had missed the going um, downstairs to see St. Peter's tomb. And so that's the day that we went back to St. Peter's tomb. We left there and we took our pasta making class. We got to make fettuccine and raviolis mm-hmm. and tiramisu. Which was amazing. So yeah, we had a, a great time. The pasta was, was fun to make. We signed up for a pizza pizza can't say that pizza and gelato class, but the pasta was, was fun and it was fun to do together. And we made our pasta from scratch. We stuffed our ravioli, they boiled it, put the sauce on it, and we got to eat the food that we prepared. So that was fun. That was a nice little break from walking around in the heat. Again, we were hoping for a little bit of air conditioning. However, the restaurant was not air conditioned. So it was fine. We had a good time. We left there, and this is where we started on a little bit of a tour of the biblical history. Like I said, that I was not quite aware that Rome had, so we kind of Googled some more things, and we found that the prison where the Apostle Paul and Peter were in prison, so we went to the prison and visited the jail cell. We found a church that held a link of the chains that chained Peter when he was in prison. And then the Holy Steps. The Holy Steps was in probably next to the blessing um, by the the priest inside the Sistine Chapel was the next very moving moment for me. So these steps were steps that Jesus had climbed before he was tried. And they have drops of Jesus' blood on them, and they were gifted to a pope in Rome at one point in time. So they were moved to this church in Rome. Um, they are now covered in wood to um, maintain the steps, but you can climb them. You have to climb them on your knees, which after the first few steps became quite difficult. Uh, I think there was, I think, 28 steps. There was 28. Uh, 28 steps and you have to climb them on your knees but midway through like it's just such a overwhelming moment knowing that you are on a set of steps that Jesus had climbed so that ranks up there as one of the top emotional moments for me on that trip that I wasn't expecting to get but I was certainly blessed with that I agree it was a it was definitely an experience and I believe both of us about halfway through because as you take each step, you have to pray on each step as you're going up. And uh, both of us were talking about that. Like, it was the first time in a while that we had just sat there and prayed intentionally. And it was, I mean, both of us about halfway through had the tears. And whether that was because of the prayer or because our knees were hurting or both, it was, it was an amazing experience. And like you said, there was some glass some glass circles where you could see where he had bled on his way back down after the um, the Roman government had abused him in Jerusalem as he was on his way to pick up his cross. And it was, it was a beautiful moment to be able to do. 
It was. It was emotionally exhausting almost. It was you left there feeling kind of drained for a little bit. So we left there and decided to we walked back, you know, towards our hotel and just kind of took some time soaking in the moment, had a little bit of gelato, which is a whole different topic in Rome, right? The gelato is yeah, amazing. The, I mean, any excuse, which was really our excuses eventually turned into, hey, we're walking past a gelato shop. You want to get some? Instead of like, let's get a snack. It's, I mean, dinner's, we're like in between. Let's just get something small. It was like, we both just finally admitted we just wanted to eat as much gelato as possible. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, um, but after we had our gelato, we meandered around to find the Jewish ghetto. The Jewish ghetto was, is something that, my involvement or interest, I'll say, my interest in history is really peaked at the World War II era. My first time in Europe, I went to Poland. I visited uh, the concentration camp Auschwitz. And there's just so much. It really brings those stories. They're no longer stories. They're real situations that happen to real people. And it changes you in a way. Because it's not just something you're reading in a history book. It puts a face to a name, so to speak. And so walking through the Jewish ghetto in Rome, they have these brass cobblestones that are outside of these apartment buildings or these buildings. And they have the names of people, real people who lived in these apartment buildings who were rounded up during World War II and eventually taken most of them to Auschwitz and most of them didn't I think only 16 returned to Rome and so these cobblestones will be outside these buildings and you're walking along and you look down and there's just seven brass cobblestones outside this door and they have names of people in their birth dates and the date that they died and you know how they died whether they were murdered in Auschwitz or didn't quite make it there or whatever the case may be. And you're standing there and recognizing, first of all, that these buildings have been there since 1942 and they're small buildings. And then you're just standing in this spot and realizing that these trucks have pulled down and parked right in the middle of the street and randomly went into these, you know, three people out of this building and seven from the one right across the alleyway. Basically they're not even like two lane streets and you're standing in this place knowing that this is the last safe moment that these people felt from this point on their life wasn't the same and most of them didn't didn't live very long after the moment they were taken from their last safe place they were in a place where they were supposed to be safe it was their home and they were taken from there and that leaves a really deep feeling inside me, just how these people were treated for no other reason than the fact of their the religion they were born into. And, and there's one uh, one of the cobblestones really sticks with me. I'm not going to try to pronounce the name. I could see the letters, but it was a six or seven year old boy, and he was only at Auschwitz for i believe three or four months before he was murdered and the sad reality is that in that situation he was one of the lucky ones he wasn't put through all those years of torture and abuse just because of the religion he was um and the way he looked and 
it's just, again, it's just a sad reality of what those people had to live through and what they went through at such a young age of, I mean, younger than my little brother, Andrew, and I couldn't imagine anything like that. Yeah, it's very, I don't know, it's very eye-opening on how the world is different how, you know, from what we know it, the world has not always been this way and how it treats me is not how it treats everybody else. And again, that was one of the lessons that I sought to to teach Matthew on this because it was his first time out of the country. And we live in a small town in a Southern state. And I wanted him to see that not everybody lives the same way that he does. Not everybody believes the same way he does. Not everybody talks the same language that he does. And that's okay, because that's what makes the world a great place. And there was just so many lessons that I wanted him to learn from this trip that I hope he took back that will stay with him for a long time. And one of those lessons is a love of traveling and learning beyond what you know. So hopefully I a little bit of a, a Europe bug in him, because after my first trip to Europe, I fell in love. And I don't think this will be his last trip to Europe. Absolutely not. Day five, we took a train to Pisa and we climbed the Leaning Tower of Pisa as we climbed so many other monuments and domes in Rome. And I thought my my legs just might give out on me at the by the end of this trip. But we climbed the Leaning Tower of Pisa. We did it. We could say we did it. We took the pictures. It was a really neat thing to see that. It, I mean, it literally is just leaning but it is a tourist destination. Um, there wasn't anything there but the few buildings and monuments that are meant to draw you there, and that's where everybody was. But it was a neat thing to see if you have half of a day extra when you're in Rome or Florence area. You know, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, you can't go to that area and not see it. Um, from there, we took the train to Florence and spent the rest of our evening in Florence so that we could go see the statue of David, which I learned was the statue of David from David and Goliath. I had no idea that that was David. I will, I mean, I guess I, my, my history um, knowledge is kind of, kind of bare and I had no idea some of these things that we would see in the history that was involved in it. But after that, we roamed around Florence, and that was kind of a nice evening because the temperature wasn't very hot. And so we saw some neat things in Florence. We didn't really have anything else planned yeah. after seeing the statue. We just kind of roamed around and had a we had a good time that night. That was a, yeah, that was a good night. Um, like I said, the temperature was low. We got to go shopping. We walked through some streets in the shade, and one of the more beautiful churches we've seen, like on the outside was actually in Florence. Obviously, it was a, it was a uh, Catholic church, and it had a very, what we thought, like a very um, a Russian influence on the way it was built and colors on the outside instead of just your, what the rest of the churches typically looked like. It was a little bit whitewashed and not much color. So it was beautiful, and it's really cool to see like the different style and architectures of the churches throughout the regions of Italy. Yes, I agree. It was probably one of the prettiest churches I've ever seen. From the outside, we did not get to go see the inside of it. The inside of St. Peter's Basilica is just absolutely amazing. It is breathtaking. And the outside is gorgeous too, but the church in Florence did have a quite different appeal, and I liked it. It was 
it was nice to see something a little bit different and that the artwork being on the outside of it. I have no idea what the inside looks like because it was closed to tourists that day. So this brings us to our last day. Our last day, we decided we didn't have any plans. So we actually went to the laundromat. Um, We decided that this 104 degree temperature for a week, we did not need a week's worth of clothes locked up in a suitcase for almost 48 hours. So we decided it was a better idea to clean those and we could use a break from just, you know, walking. So we took it easy that day. We did some shopping. We went, go ahead. It was, um, motto for most of the week was, you know, a little basic carpe diem, which is actually Latin for seize the day. And you know, we did not do that on our last day. Like she said, we were both a little lame and boring and decided we were going to go do laundry. But it ended up not being a bad day because <laughs> towards the end of the night, the the, uh, the temperature did start dropping. And that made for a good night. We got to walk around, got some good food again. And then, like we mentioned earlier, we made our way back to the Trevi Fountain that night um, to experience its in all its glory at at night with everything lit up. I do recommend seeing the Trevi Fountain at night, um, and you have to to make a wish. However, be prepared for lots of crowds at night. So, um, all in all, we had a, a great time. A few final tips is water bottles, for one. If you take a water bottle with you, there are fountains all over Rome with potable water. So you can drink the water. You just walk up. You know, some are like spigots. Some are fancy fountains. But you just can fill up your water bottle. We ended up buying some USB chargeable fans to walk around with us for the day, little handheld fans. We had a cooling rag that we could get wet in the water and put on the back of your neck or wipe your face with. So if you're going in the heat, make sure you, you know, take some of those things that'll help you because it is hot and that will help keep your body temperature a little bit regulated to where you don't pass out, especially if you're doing all that walking. Favorite things, Mm -hmm. the food, the pizza was amazing. Um, We didn't need as much pasta as we anticipated because the pizza was really good. Um, I think the pizza was one of my favorite things. And like we mentioned already, the gelato. All in all, Rome, I would go back. Yes, I would go back. I would not go back in the summertime. I would like to, but this is the type of traveler I am. Um, I like to go in the winter. I like to put on a winter coat, a toboggan, and just head out for the day. I am not a summer person. I'm not a heat person due to COVID restrictions in early summer and Matthew's school schedule, August ended up being the time that we had to go, but it wouldn't be my first choice. And I think we both have a new bucket list item, which is, again, St. Peter's Basilica, but at Christmas, because we've seen some postcards with a big tree, like I would almost equate to the Rockefeller Center and just right in the square. And it looked beautiful with all the lights. And like, like she said, we're, we're winter travelers anyways. And she likes to shop and buy at Christmas markets. So I think that might be on our bucket list again here in the near future. Yeah. So if you've listened to any of my other podcasts or read my blogs or whatever method of listening to me, that you, I'm a Christmas traveler. I love Christmas trees. I love Christmas lights. I love Christmas decorations. I love Christmas markets. 
So yeah, apparently the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and December would be my pick to go back to Rome. Um, But everybody travels different. And this is why it's important for you as a listener and a traveler to work with your travel agent and find out where is best for you based on what kind of travel you like. Whether you like the warm weather or you like cool weather, you know that it's important to work with somebody who can help you arrive at what's best for you so that you have the most amazing trip and not wish that you had gone a different time of the year. Any final thoughts, Matthew? No, um, just to recap, I mean, it was a great trip. I'm extremely grateful that I've had the experience, especially at such a young age. I know you didn't get to start traveling much outside of the country until you went back to school for your master's degree. And that was your first time in Europe and really your first time outside of uh, the North American continent. And again, I'm just extremely grateful I was able to do this at a young age. And I recommend to everybody travel over gifts any day because I'll always remember this, but I will eventually sell my PlayStation I got for Christmas. So, Well, I think I don't even have anything to follow up with that because, I mean, I preach travel over gifts and, you know, clearly, clearly my kids agree with that. And so, you know, take the moment to spend those times and make those memories with your kids. That's my advice. You can't get this time back. You know, we don't know what tomorrow holds. So, as Matthew says, carpe diem. That's right. Carpe diem. If you liked today's episode, we would appreciate if you would leave us a review, share our podcast with your friends. We would love to plan your next vacation, whether it is in Europe or the United States or Mexico or wherever life takes you. If you're interested, reach out to your favorite Pineapple Escapes agent or email us at info at pineappleescapes.com. Also, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Pineapple Escapes. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineappleescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.